where the truth will set you free First it'll freak you out Lately I've been finding it in words Long written down What we need now is all those who will come alive Who know the whole world will change in the blink of an eye Hi, everybody. This is Sally Olcordy, and you are listening to Vaccine Free America on RepublicBroadcasting.org, or RBN. And my guest this evening is Virginia Young from Texas, and she is about the most knowledgeable person I know. Uh, I'm so honored to have people of this caliber on my show. Uh, But before we proceed, I, I have to give credit to the wonderful man, Daz Nez. You can find him on YouTube, D-A-Z-N-E-Z. And he does the bumper music for this program. And I get a lot of nice feedback about that. So I just want you to find him. And uh, you probably should contact him and get the album because it's an incredible album. So anyway, I just thought I'd give him a plug since everyone seems to appreciate his music. Okay, so... Virginia Young is from Texas. She knows more than the average bear, you might say, and I welcome her to my program. Welcome, Virginia. Hi, Sally. Thank you. Well, uh, I really am thinking about opening this show for callers in, in the second half simply because what what an opportunity to get you to answer their questions. So I'm I'm not going to, you know, uh, definitely it has to be a pertinent question. We're not asking for people to call and say howdy. Um, But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know more than anybody I know about the meningitis vaccine because of your darling little girl and her absolute nightmare uh, with this vaccine. Would you like to explain to people about it? Because they don't realize what they're up against. Right, and thank you again, and thank you so much um, for the opportunity to, to speak about it. I've written some articles. They they don't uh, get to stay on the Internet. You know, one of them was uh, on Health Sentinel. Um, I, I believe the Health Sentinel site is down and moved, but there have been some others on Sanevax, and that was one mother's harrowing experience with the Minimune vaccine. Um, and this this happened... Uh, years ago when she was, you know, it's been 20 years. You know, it's been 20 years now. Um, and and so that uh, sent me down this path. I was already um, investigating vaccines. We'd already decided really not to do it anymore. But it was this meningitis outbreak and this big, tremendous push um, in our area, as well as others, I'm sure. But here in Texas, there was this this outbreak, okay, if you will, you know, much like we have an outbreak going on now, you know, and uh, there was uh, several stories that were circulating. Uh, the news was covering this heavily. Uh, Kelsey Seabold Clinic was setting up these these clinics, even in parking lots. People were waiting in line. It was the big push, the big fear um, to uh, to get people to come and gather around and line up for the vaccine, right? 
and uh, we had put it off, and the stories kept coming, and lo and behold, after I vaccinate my my children, because essentially my husband, as a physician, had called uh, called around, called around, and I'm saying no, he's checking into it, and he, he kept calling, you know, the FDA, he would call the health department, and they literally would tell him, this vaccine is so safe, you should be vaccinating your pregnant patients. Um. So one evening he came home with these vaccines drawn up. And by the and way, literally... the meningitis vaccine is not even recommended by the CDC for pregnant patients. That, so right, right. Real clear just, about yeah, that. Yeah, it was, they had started, they would throw things out in the news, right? And then they'd pull back. You know, does that sound familiar? You know, put out a bunch of info and then retract. But nobody oh, thinks. this sounds the fear. like what we're living through right, right now. Doesn't that you, sound, yeah, I'm, I'm just right? not Doesn't saying that it, sound but... familiar? Yeah, right. So there's Minimune, and now there's Minacra, okay? But Minimune was what was being promoted then. Um, I would learn later they needed more data on all ages. Um, but, but for the time, they were vaccinating anyone of, of a variety of ages, and literally people were lining up under tents. Again, sounds familiar, right? Um, and taking this vaccine. So the kids were vaccinated, and um, the next day was Super Bowl Sunday, they were vaccinated on Friday, um, Friday night, and it was Super Bowl Sunday that, uh, and everyone was at their Super Bowl parties. Um, and my daughter had laid down on the couch, and I was cooking dinner, and I went upstairs, and the heat was just radiating off of her. And uh, she had a rash that covered her. She already had had a rash, but it was this is much worse. And, um, it, it was it was much much worse. Um, I was checking her temp, and it was going up to 104 axial, creeping towards 105. Um, so well, at least 106. And we took her, we rushed her to the ER. Um, she said, "God help me," in the car seat, as and passed out as we were on the way to the ER. She would not respond. Those who are medical will understand this. She wouldn't respond to a sternal rub. You, you rub, press hard on the sternum, and you should get something, right? And um, we got her in there, and they didn't even check us in. They, and, and very important to note is I run through the ER looking right and left. There are parents standing in the emergency room holding their children, and then there's the first set of doors, there's a little breezeway. There's a second set of doors. There were parents standing in that little section, right? I mean, the place was packed. No seats left, standing room only. A lot of them were children, parents with children. I remember looking straight at, and I said this and wrote this in my article, I looked straight at one mother as I passed through the first set of doors, and she's holding a little boy who's just limp. And she looks at me, of course, my daughter's just red hot. And she looked alarmed when she saw her. I was alarmed by seeing all these kids. And we just, we didn't say a word to each other. It was just, uh, you know, uh, an unspoken. Um, for me, in my mind, I was thinking, God bless all these people, right? <laughs> uh, and I knew then. I mean, we ha I knew we had a problem then. So uh, it wasn't just my daughter. It was a lot of children. And uh, we get to the the counter i was by myself at that moment my mother was on her way to help um and my husband kept the other kids outside for a minute because there's no room 
and I rush in, and they automatically took her back. They asked no questions based on her immediate physical appearance. They run us to the back and find a space and um, started working on her. Uh, she was a little more responsive at that point, making some noise, thankfully. I was absolutely terrified, um, but I gave them all the information as they asked. The nurse was working so frantically on her um, that she wasn't hearing me. She was concerned. She was more rattled than I was. At this point in time, I was resolved to whatever was going to saying my prayers, and this nurse said, how long has she had the rash? And I would start to tell her, well, she's had a rash. All right, she said, how long has she had the rash now, this rash? I said, well... It's worse than it usually is. She has mastocytosis. Now, see, someone, I believe, with mastocytosis should not be vaccinated because if you look at the vaccine ingredients, all vaccine ingredients, okay, there's crossover in many of them. You look at the vaccine ingredients, there are triggers to mastocytosis. Now, no doctor has ever told me that. Um, no one would write her an exemption. They just kept telling me that actually they would tell me she should be vaccinated because of her mastocytosis. And they would lay that, that added extra dose of fear. On, and not just me. I've talked to many parents in, in similar circumstances where their children have a variety of health issues, masto or otherwise. And they're told, oh, by all means, they should be vaccinated rather than, oh, your child is immunocompromised and is one that shouldn't be vaccinated, and doctors simply don't write those medical exemptions, right? So I'm trying to talk to the nurse. She's so frantic over what she's seeing. Um, my daughter's past degree fever, and um, I finally I got didn't her hear to calm what you down. just said. Your daughter, your daughter had one fever? 106 at least um, at that time. And we couldn't get it down. I mean, she was being she was being treated, and the fever's not coming down, right? Um, and they started fluids on her and things like that. And so we're discussing this, and I said, well, she has mastocytosis. Part of it gets her a rash. But this was so much worse, right? She had started to outgrow this rash, and then they give her this, this injection of Menimune, and it flares uh, that's an understatement, okay? <laughs> and so she does become coherent after after this. You know, she gets some fluids. The ER physician, thank heavens, was very conservative. Um, she stayed with us and discussed this with us as, as she's recovering, and she let us stay there for several hours while we debate over what we're going to do next because, quite frankly, she looked like she had a bad case of, of uh, meningitis. Um so she she recovered, and we discussed all the options. Um, fever came down, and they sent us home, and we watched her. Um, there was a complete change after that. She, now, as before, I said, she had been. Before you get into the complete change, I want you to uh -huh. tell me the statistics on meningitis, because. It's going to be really important for people to know what they really are, and then we'll get into right. your child. Because uh, I definitely want you to go there. Interesting, right? That is an interesting question because I have read a variety of things. All right. So when you talk about statistics, and I've got a a, a little bit of a research background, 
Um, it might depend a little bit on which meningitis you're talking about and who's posting it and, uh, you know, but I, I want to say this first. After all this happens and I'm speaking to a physician um, who, who would know, who, see, who had seen some meningitis and was interested in this and researching it, he said, your daughter was more likely to get struck by lightning than to get men- have meningitis. And, uh, you know, yes, I, I realize that now. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it also is going to be much higher in developing countries rather than here. And the interesting thing I found now since I've been following vaccines is I am seeing a tremendous number of children hospitalized or diagnosed with meningitis after vaccination. So when it gets down to, you're, you're talking about, is it meningitis? Let's take meningitis B, for instance, um, the, because that is often what is thrown out there, and it's um, Neisseria meningitidines. And I might, might menin, sorry, I'm not even pronouncing it as well as I usually would. But anyway, that, that one we hear of more and more and more, and they will tell you that it approximately 10 to 15% of people that get infected with it will die. Okay, that's, that comes out, that particular meningitis, as someone would point out to me later, is, was not seen in the United States, okay, long ago. Uh, yes, it was seen in Africa, it was seen in other countries, it was countries, it was not seen here in the United States, but that one has been put into the meningitis vaccines and introduced here in the United States. It is a much more lethal form. Um, so when we get to statistics, you know, um, it varies. So the, the five common groups of that bacteria tend to be A, C, what they call A, C, W, Y, and B, okay? Um, and three of those, B, C, and Y, um, they, they say cause most of our um, disease in the United States, all right? Often you'll hear things like more than two-thirds or 60% or so of all meningococcal disease cases occur in that age range between 16 to 23, and they claim those tend to be the meningitis B. Um, That's a CDC stat, okay? And isn't Um, that the exact age that they're giving a second dose? Here in New York, it's mandated. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to school at uh, once in sixth grade, going right. into seventh, and once in eleventh grade, going into twelve, and this is why I turned to you initially for an interview. Uh, so I want to thank you. I did. It went to all of the senators and assemblymen. It went to the governor. Uh, the the man who sponsored that bill made over $400,000. That made the papers. There was a protest. It didn't matter. It passed the Senate, the Assembly, um, and uh, and it passed. Uh, the governor signed off on it, even though the New York Times reported that the CDC said you shouldn't mandate it. He still signed off mm-hmm. on it in that knowledge. I just mm-hmm. thought I'd throw that out. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um very important to note. I mean, that, that's the key. That's the key. Um, yes, here it was political. Um, it was political. And I would learn after the fact that these cases I was being told of, some of them, I'm not saying all of them, and I feel for the parents who did have, you know, lose a child, but, but please note, parents, that the ones who have died, the ones I know of, 
we're college freshmen, you know, so they focus on college freshmen, but what happens to the college freshmen? What happened the year before? What happened the summer before? More likely than not, they were vaccinated to go to college, right? With the meningitis vaccine in particular. Meningitis vaccine. There's no way I could total up, now that I've been involved, there's no way I can total up the number of people that I personally know, my friends, my family members, um, acquaintances, who vaccinated their children and their children were hospitalized, often within a few days of the vaccines, diagnosed with meningitis, either bacterial or viral. And and I, I have friends send me pictures. Their children are hooked up to the IVs and passed out in the hospital bed. And some of them they get, they're like, oh, you know, I we just took the shots. I'm realizing now <laughs> I'm, I'm making that connection. But some don't make that connection. And here's the key, and you know this, and more people are learning you have at best three years in which to get any sort of um, action taken on this. Uh, you cannot, because that 1986 uh, National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, that bill, you have three years. and But you have to wait six months to see what happens <laughs> to your child. And when I had the, the, the learning dis- uh, disabilities hit my kids, um, and I took them to a specialist, and I was recommended by several doctors, even some in other states, to go to this specialist. And these are the allopathic. These were people who weren't on board with the vaccine issue. I would go back and question them later. But at the time, I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go with this recommendation. Um, I would later have a doctor say, yeah, I know your child reacted to vaccines. The vaccines are just too important and on and on. And uh, But at the time, I was doing the best I could. And I, I went to this specialist, highly recommended. And at the, he, he wrote up a big paper. He spent a lot of time with my children testing him, developmental specialist. And at the end of it all, he said, is there anything else you want to tell me? And I said, well, yeah, I, I, I believe vaccines have something to do with this. I just very calmly and politely said that to him. And he said, oh, I see. He said, well, you probably don't have the records with them. And I said, yes, I do. And I handed him my, their vaccine records. And uh, he looked at the dates, because this is for a pair of twins. He looked at the, at the dates on the vaccine records, and then he looked at a calendar, and he spent a significant amount of time quietly going back and forth between my children's vaccine records and a desk calendar. And he just scrolled back, he scrolled back, and he went forward, he scrolled back, and he looked again. Like he's looking at each vaccine, and he's looking at the calendar. He's looking again, he's looking at the calendar. I mean, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I didn't, I, at least. And we just sat quietly waiting. And at that time, I knew nothing of this 1986 Act. I knew nothing of it. Didn't know it existed. I'm a medical professional. I'm allied health. But I was raised in a medical family. My grandfather was the past president of the Texas Medical Association. I knew nothing of this Act. And what I would learn much later is that he was checking the date, and we were two weeks away from being able to file. We were at our deadline to file under that Oh, act. hold that thought. That's an important issue. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Vaccine Free America with Virginia Young as our guest. Let a light shine so bright There's no left here in the dark Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. 
The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Hey, honey, I'm home. I grabbed the newspaper on the way home. Look at all the news today. The newspaper? Don't you know that all you're going to get in the newspaper is propaganda, twisted news, and false information? Honey, this is a national newspaper. It has to be true. Ha! For some reason, a majority of the population believe anything the mainstream media tells them. The newspaper does not give out the important attention on what's happening to this country and news that affects our daily lives. Say, does that newspaper mention anything about the North American Union? No, not that I can see. I didn't think so. You need to go to www.newswithviews.com, where truth is more important than political correctness. That's www.newswithviews.com. Hey, don't throw that away. We can use that in the birdcage. Okay, move over. Let me start reading newswithviews.com. The truth? Read all about it at newswithviews.com. Newswithviews.com, where reality shatters illusion. Everybody, I'm speaking with Virginia Young about her daughter who suffered a very serious reaction, multiple serious reactions from the menin- meningitis vaccine. And uh, Virginia left off uh, referring to the 1986 Act, which is where they lifted liability for the manufacturers of the vaccines and for the healthcare workers who administered them as well. And uh, she's saying that her doctor was checking the calendar in terms of the reaction and the date uh, because there is a uh, 
a, a court called referred to as the vaccine court where you can go and apply for damages. You can't sue the manufacturers or the healthcare workers, but you can apply uh, for uh, nobody gets it. I'll just say that one in 500 mm-hmm. people I've interviewed one in 500 and they mm-hmm. got a paltry sum. We're not talking $6 million. We're talking 15000 for a lifelong mm-hmm. debilitating disease of the two I've spoken to. So uh, please do go on in terms of your doctor checking his calendar and what he was looking for. Yes. Yeah. So we were just we were just shy of that three-year mark. Right. Well, I didn't you know get it. Three years um, for a disability and two years for death subsequent to vaccination. And two years for a death. Yeah. Right. And okay. most people don't know that the time comes and the time time goes. Right. I still speak with people who have vaccine injured family members uh, that date back, and they it's the first day part of it. Right. That most people, I think, they still can't fathom it, and they have no idea what that means. It doesn't matter what happens to you or your family member, death or negligence. They are untouchable right now under this act. Um, but I can't tell you how so, many people whose whose children were injured were informed after that three-year waiting period by their doctor right. that it must have been the vaccine, which is so yeah. un, un, just so unconscionable. You know, you could at right. least, right. oh, Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so moving forward, um, she was recovering at home, and the the doctors would watch her, watch her, wanted to keep her out of the hospital. I have an appreciation for that. Um, however, I also would learn that hospitalization, with hospitalization, you are more likely to get um get somewhere in that court you know again i don't know anything about but no one no one no doctor or ther- no one ever mentions this to me ever we ran up bills we would spend um if you're familiar with the dave ramsey program and finances i believe he allows 15 percent of your salary for um for medical expenses we were spending 50 and we were getting nowhere um, you had how many children? Point, this is one child. We had four and children. How many children yeah, did you have? and I have four children. And I myself, I myself had had a reaction in 1998. This happened after 1998. So, so the vaccines were were on on the radar for me. But at the same time, I was getting nowhere. As a matter of fact, you know, I would do searches on the computer and get to page 10 and page 11. It's all pro vaccine. All pro vaccine propaganda. You keep looking, and part of it is well, your. Well, see, this is you know, interesting the, the because your whole family—you come from a family of doctors. Your husband's a doctor. I'm your father's from... a doctor, and yet you right. have no idea about this vaccine court. Isn't that amazing? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And there's, it's not in the training. All right, it is not in the training. So, um, quite the contrary. Now, pediatricians know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm learning more and more pediatricians and family practitioners. And, and now I, I want to say just, just their, their whole livelihood, their license is held over them. All right. So, and, and they are attacked. And I know, for instance, the Texas Medical Board here, um, 
will immediately come after you. There will be a long list of problems you will suddenly be facing if you become an advocate here. Okay, and that's a whole other shift. <laughs> but um, so, and this is a it's a nationwide problem, and it's a it's a worldwide problem. Okay, the vaccine issue this is a worldwide problem. But get, getting back to ours our issue, we had such a long list of, of, of things to deal with and um, very much on your own. Um, awareness has improved. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sally and everyone else. Awareness has improved uh, now. But back then, it was the, the brick wall was, was high and chiseling away. With, you know, you just you put a red flag, put a target on your back. Everyone would smile. Um, but uh, I learned I had all sorts of nicknames in the doctor's offices. <laughs> I don't know all of them, I'm sure. Like, oh, here she comes, you know. And so we, I was just waiting for Munchausen, you know. I really thought here they're going to come up with something here. Um, Hold on just a second, so we Virginia. We'll be right back after this, uh, these commercial announcements with Virginia Young. Great solution for you. We buy properties as it. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver. Hi everybody, this is Vaccine Free America on Republic Broadcasting Network, and my guest is Virginia Young. We have some time here, Virginia, about, you know, 18 minutes that you can really get into explaining all the many symptoms that your daughter experienced and also the distress that she experienced as a result. Yes. Okay, well... In the immediately after, she couldn't um, sit up and move and function and eat properly. Uh, they call that normal. Um, and I would watch her when she finally could sit up. The, the little girl that wanted to take her finger and run left to right and recall her favorite books and tell the stories uh, would, and enjoy that would look at the book and then close it and fall back in tears. Um, she had migraine headaches. Vertigo, I'm certain she had vertigo. That's something I had after vaccines. Um, she, from that point on, she might be walking one minute and then would fall over and grab her legs in pain. Um, she lost uh, normal speech. Again, now we had gone through, I, she was vaccine injured. Her, my kids were vaccine injured prior, more mildly. And I, so I was questioning it. But now here we had this, and it just all that she had recovered from two-year-old vaccines was lost, and she spiraled backwards. Um, she was hit hardest of all. The other three appeared to be fine, um, and she had, you name it, she had it. She was in pain. Um, learning disabilities abound. I would eventually get her into a neuropsychologist and give him the, the scenario, which this took a few years and uh, to try to get some help with school. And um, this is it's very, you know, we, we relive it every time, you know, relive it every time we talk about it. But 20 years later, here I am. Um, I can't emphasize this enough because something I, I want to say so we don't lose time, I'll come back to the symptoms. But this vaccine was not recommended, and it was not ACIP recommended. All right, when that's ACIP recommended, that's when it's protected under that 1986 Act. So I pursued getting some sort of, um, not even necessarily for money, right, but for the truth, I tried to pursue this with lawyers. Uh, and I would get letter after letter after letter saying we can't do anything. Federal and state law prohibits us from doing anything with this. 
Now, some of them weren't vaccine lawyers, but then some of them were. So here was a vaccine, not ACIP recommended. We should have been able to do something in civil court with this. And it wasn't that she wasn't clearly injured. Actually, all lawyers were, were, you know, shocked. They felt bad. They would send letters of sympathy. And they said, we're so sorry. You know, you might want to talk to the media. Well, of course, the media didn't want to talk to us. <laughs> that's another, that's a whole other story. And and so here, no one was going to interview me. And no lawyer could take the case, even though this vaccine is not ASAP recommended. And I say this because COVID is not going to be ASAP recommended, but I guarantee you it will be protected. Same way, it will be assumed to be protected. No lawyer is going to want to take it up. And and we'll go. You go round and round in court, and it's designed to be adversarial. They've even called themselves adversarial at times. And so, I, I moving forward, we get to this neuropsychologist, and he tests her thoroughly. And again, same thing happens. He says, "Okay, is there anything else you want to tell me about this?" I said, "Well, yeah, I think vaccines <laughs> have something to do with it. So let me tell you about this meningitis reaction she had, this metamune reaction she had." And I tell him. And, he, he didn't give me the body language that others had. I thought, well, he's, he's so pleasant and had a great bedside manner. And so he writes all these notes down. Uh, he didn't cross his arms. He didn't, you know, furrow his brow. And he listened. And he listened intently. And he said, all right, then. When he tests her and he comes back and he said, I want to keep testing her. And I'm sure he noticed that, you know, the look on my face is can't afford anything else. Right. And he said, and I'm not going to charge you. And he kept testing her for months. And finally, uh, he called us in and he said, I got to tell you something that I didn't uh, tell anyone before. I didn't tell you before. And I apologize. He says, but I am expert witness for the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And you just made me a believer. (laughs) And uh, your time yeah, had passed had by then. The other... Your time had yeah. passed. Yeah, oh, by far then. past. Yeah, yeah the, the mm-hmm. time had passed. Oh, yeah, it had passed. But at least you made him a believer for the next kid. Okay. Right. Right. And so we knew. A lot of people knew. Doctors know. I mean, even today, I come across parents who see doctors that I know. Know. <laughs> they know our story. They know us, and they know. They know. And they're silent. And um, the best we can do is to continue to educate because knowledge is power. And that's what you have to do is educate yourself on vaccines and realize just how serious this is. I am not someone to think the worst. I am not someone to jump to to the worst case scenario. But this has opened my eyes to so many things. And um, people need to really uh, don't just think twice. You need to do more than think twice. (laughs) Um, I I have yet to find uh, a positive outcome. I can't tell you the number of kids that I know took not just this vaccine but others. Literally a week after, two weeks, two weeks after she had her reaction, our next-door neighbor vaccinated with that vaccine. And, again, 48 hours after that shot, 
the next door neighbor's child had 105, 106 fever. And that child went deaf. And they were told that that was a congenital, you know, genetic issue because there was some uncle or great uncle that had some hearing problems and had gone deaf. So she went deaf in one ear and, um, and I think even had damage in the other. She would use a hearing aid. They, I have not followed them since, um, because they moved, but that is what happened. They will come up with another reason, something other than vaccines. They will come up with something else besides vaccines to blame it on. And as long as they can do that and get away with it, they will. Um, billions and billions have been paid out in that vaccine court, and it, you're not going to see that in the media. Well, I, I want to um, bring something it, else up. It was that the admitting doctor had said that there were hundreds of children in the emergency room that weekend and what they all had in common was the meningitis vaccine but on your record the cause was not listed as the meningitis vaccine and I have to say having broken my ankle everybody said what happened what happened they needed a cause what happened but they don't need a cause when Mm -hmm. they know it's a vaccine and they're not going to write it down when they know it's a vaccine they don't they don't write it down. And Sally, I'll go as far as to say sometimes it gets rewritten. When I had my tetanus reaction and I had a stroke while driving home from getting that shot, I would be tested and tested and tested. And I would get my records later. And I highly recommend everyone get their records. And everyone needs to realize that they only need to keep them, the hospital, the doctor, whoever, they only need to keep records for seven years. Okay. They only need to keep them for seven years. You need to keep up with them and get a copy and and see if they match up and keep your own medical journal. Um, Well, you're you're making me wonder what what was you said, which which um, vaccine caused you to get a stroke? Which one? I had a booster. Okay. Well, let us look. I'm going to pull up. Everybody pull up tinyurl.com slash vaccine contents. I want you to look at the the. DTaP vaccine, which is the tetanus shot she's referring to, and I want you to look up the one my mother had a stroke after, which was the pneumonia shot. Let's find the common components among them. Let's play detective, right? My mother had a stroke when she, right after she got home, having gotten that pneumonia shot. And by the way, it was given to Mm -hmm. her while she was alone in a wheelchair outside of a hospital. Okay? She was not even checked in. Right. And she couldn't get away. She right. was in a wheelchair. And I don't have access right now, but I remember some of it. <laughs> I can remember some of it. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up. You're going to look it up for me? Yeah, I'm going to look it up right I'm going to keep talking in these last minutes yeah. to tell you. As I, I drove home, um, the most intense pain I've ever experienced. I thought it was a heart attack because of the chest pain and the radiating pain in the arm, and I lost the ability to, the sensation in my feet and my hands. Um, and as I was pulling off, and then the, the pain shot up into my head, um, I could not gauge well with the feet. So as I got off the road, um, managing to not run over a family, I felt sure they would come help, see that something's wrong because of my, 
I had to have had erratic driving, right? So I thought someone's going to come. But this is in the age of the cell phone already, right? So um, you're pretty, you're often on your own. People think, well, they have a cell phone. So, or they maybe just didn't notice that I was in distress. So as I did my best to put the car in park and I didn't have normal control of my legs, I slammed everything forward, right? I just, I just pressed, um, managed to get the brake and everything went flying in my car and um, I got it into park and then I couldn't open my eyes, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything for some time. I don't know how long I was there. Um, when I came to, I called uh, called the ER where I'd just been and they insisted that no vaccine could ever have ever done this and they went on and on. Um, so when I'm getting my test, I'm getting a CT and I'm getting all this, I personally wrote everything out in detail that happened to me, all the symptoms as it happened after a tetanus shot, you know, driving home, uh, the migraine headaches that I had had were mentioned on one sentence, but I had filled a page up of why are you here? And there's a page and I wrote an essay. I could have gone on, but I filled that page and I stopped there. When I would get my records later, we requested records and I'm flipping through the pages. That sheet was pulled out and in someone else's handwriting, migraines was written across the same page. Just migraines, no tetanus shot reaction. Yes. <sighs> and been on the crusade since to tell people, you know, medical journals, get your records. This applies to everything. This doesn't just apply to vaccines, but. You know, vaccines, most definitely, you know, um, I think that goes without saying at this point as I tell the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's imperative. It is imperative. Cannot emphasize that enough. So, Sally, do you have, you have the tetanus shot? Uh, well, uh, yes, there are eight tetanus and there are four meningococcal vaccines. Right. And uh, most of yeah. them have formaldehyde. Some of them have polysorbate mm -hmm. 80. Um, I'm going back and forth uh, really fast. Uh, yeah. So it, it's hard because there are many other uh, sodium chloride. Uh, and no living person needs to be injected with any formaldehyde. Now, I, I learned early on in life that I was sensitized to formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is a known sensitizer. I have a science background, and early I've always been interested in science. So I was pre-med, pre-vet, uh, pre-vet originally. And my science teacher, because I went to a private K-12 school, so she had had my brother, she had me. We families knew each other, and she took me aside one day, and she said, you know, you're, you're, I think you're sensitized to the formalin the formaldehyde from all of our dissections because she was noticing my my itchy watery eyes and it had gotten worse and she's right I would eventually have headaches and I would go home at the end of the day and just pass out and take a nap and be unable to do my homework then I'd have to get up and work on homework late and I would have rash I started to have rashes and all this well so here I am getting injected my, my pediatrician admitted, oh, most definitely, I think you're sensitized to that. You, you know, you're going to need to think about how you're going to proceed in your pre-med curriculum because you're going to take coordinate anatomy, you're going to take all these labs, you're going to be, you know, give around this more. And uh, 
there I was, everyone's agreeing, you have to be careful, you don't want to breathe it, and yet they were turning around and injecting me with it. Yeah. And again, if I had known formaldehyde is in a vaccine, not only would I have stopped vaccinating myself before I ever went off to college, and yes, I reacted then, I had an illness that that included what they call mysterious kidney failure (laughs) um, that hit me at five, it hospitalized me, at 12, at 18, at 21, and at 33. And what had happened every time? Vaccines. Kindergarten vaccines. Junior high, middle school to junior high vaccines. Going off to college vaccines at 18. 21, I was told to get a booster because I was going to be dropped from the rolls if I didn't go because my my measles vaccine was being recalled and not good enough, so go get one. Boom, hit me again. And then at 33, I took the tetanus shot, and it came back. That, Sally, is science. That's science. There is no true science behind vaccines. And vaccines, in all of my studies and all of my digging into the history, they have yet to stand on their own merit. They have not stood on their own merit. They haven't been allowed. They've been protected. They have been put on a pedestal ahead of everything, everything. People of faith, you know, think about it, ahead of God, ahead of Jesus Christ, ahead of, you know, you name it. They have been put on this pedestal above all, and they have not stood on their own merit to this date. Um. Well put. So, I also like Vera Scheibner's quote. There is no, there's not one. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm going to screw it up, but basically, there has never been a proof. No disease has ever been prevented by vaccines. Basically, there's no proof. Right. Yes, most definitely. No, no, none. There is no solid scientific proof. And here's something else. I'm a science teacher. <laughs> okay. Science has never proven anything. Now, that always throws people. Go, no, it's just science doesn't prove anything. It gives you knowledge on which to build. And all it takes is one single counterexample to undo something. It takes generations of data over hundreds, if not thousands of years, before you have a scientific law. Yes, we have a law of gravity. We have the law of thermodynamics. But there is no law of vaccine safety. We'll be right back with Virginia Young. Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in, put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there, and when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody.
We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Extend your life After about a month of Extendivite, I don't know what it is about uh, the circulation factor. I was able to increase the weight, increase the amount of sets I could do. It has to do with the oxygen getting to the blood. You should market this uh, as an athletic performance. And I don't change anything about my diet or anything. I just thought, this is amazing. Bilberry extract has got something called resveratrol in it, which is the same stuff that you get from red wine. It's also good for eyesight, and I was reading that the uh, Royal Air Force during World War II would give their pilots bilberry jam so they could have better night vision stuff. This is amazing. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Listening to Vaccine Free America on RBN. I'm your host, Sally O'Cordy, and I will be guest hosting the next uh, program, which is called Immunize Wisely. And my guest for that program is Paul Turner, uh, another very knowledgeable person. Virginia's been doing it longer, though. I mean, really, we we have ourselves with us today, a tremendous expert. And I have to have you on more regularly, Virginia, because even though you have a personal story to tell that I really that really matters. And I want people to know about each and every vaccine. This is the menin- meningococcal vaccine. And I want everybody to go to tinyurl.com slash vaccine contents and look up the contents in all these vaccines. Then I want you to go to tinyurl.com slash 400 reactions and look at the reactions to all the vaccines. Okay, then you'll know everything. You'll know everything you need to know, basically, um, except intent. Intent is the one that really hurts. But once you see the ingredients, you can't. You kind of say, well, there's the intent right there, for God's sake. And then the schedule. 
72, 74 doses through the age of 18, um, 33 mm-hmm. in the first year of life when you're a tiny little itty-bitty baby. It's just demonic. So, all right, my friend, we only have a couple mm-hmm. of minutes Thank left. Thank you, and I'm, I'm inviting you back right now. Uh, so let's do <laughs> this. How about the second week in October? We we have a lot to talk about, Virginia. We're just scratching the surface yeah, we here. We do. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Thank so the second, you. second Saturday in October, if you're free, I would love to have you back. Um, but why don't you say something in conclusion, because we don't have a lot of time. Well, on the positive side, I'd like to leave on a positive note. I, <laughs> thank you, and, and thank you to all of, their, of the medical professionals and others there that have made great progress in educating comparatively, you know, in educating the public. There are doctors who are... Um, aware and doing things differently there are more doctors who are if if you go in you tell them i'm not going to vaccinate okay most i sadly still most will tell you you know sorry you're going to have to leave um but there are those i say don't give up to the parent don't give up um do your research as far as taking care of your children go i think the first reaction is oh my goodness what am i going to do i have to have a pediatrician i got to get my child to the doctor well, you can measure the head circumference and you can measure their weight and their length. That's fine. Um, the, the primary purpose behind getting into the pediatrician is to get the shot. Insurance will not reimburse them if you're not getting vaccines. Um, they will only reimburse them for one, one well child visit a year. Frankly, in my opinion, and this is not medical advice, and none of this is medical would be should be construed as medical advice, but in my opinion, that's all you need. Um, if your child's sick, then you take them to a doctor. I find the family practitioners right now to be a little more than some of the pediatricians. So, and I well, say thank that you very much, heart, Virginia <laughs> Young. I hope to have. I mean, I double check my schedule, but the second week in October, I'm hoping you will be available, and everybody can call in at that time. Certainly, so. Thank Goodbye you. right now for, from Sally Elcorty on Vaccine Free America, my delightful and knowledgeable guest, Virginia Young. Is your property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement, suffering family loss, or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single-family home or multiple-family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. 
sell your property fast, and leave all your worries behind. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.